have your Bibles, go to Philippians chapter 4. Um, and if you don't, don't worry, it'll be up here. Um, so, we all talk about prayer, and I know you're like, man, we're still on this? Yes, we're still on this, okay? So, we, t- we all talk about prayer, and we, we talk about it as a normal aspect of our lives, right? How many times has somebody told you something, and you're like, I'll pray for you? I'll pray for you. Or something bad happens or something happens in your life and you're like, man, I just need to pray. And so, so especially if you're a believer, especially if you're a Christian, especially if you uh, put your faith in Jesus, it's a normal aspect of like who we are, right? It's a normal aspect of, of who we are. It's ingrained in our families. How many people have a family that prays for them or prays with them? Yeah. It's ingrained in families. It's ingrained in our churches, obviously. And uh, it's also ingrained in society. And sometimes I feel like we forget that. But like prayer, especially, okay, so I'm from the South. I'm from Kentucky, if you guys didn't know. Uh, So I really like NASCAR. Uh, Do you guys watch NASCAR or anything like, no? Yeah, maybe, okay, all right, yeah, there it is. Austin does. I I love it. I used to go to NASCAR races with my dad all the time because I'm a hick. Joy knows what I'm talking about, too. He's from Tennessee, so. <laughs> um, but, like, in society, at a NASCAR race, like, they just, they pray before the race. And it's awesome. And it's super cool. Uh, a lot of times before different processional uh, events and, and, like, very formal things, there'll be uh, typically a pastor or a reverend or somebody who, who will pray. Uh, and so it's, it's ingrained in who we are. And so sometimes, though, we can forget, like, what is prayer. What is prayer? It's easy to forget. Why do we pray? What's the point? That's what we're going to be looking uh, at over these next few weeks is, is what is prayer? These elements of prayer. What is it? How do we do it? And some of the different ways that we do it. And I know I'm not the only one who did that, or maybe I am the only one because you guys are awesome, way better than me. Have you guys ever started praying for something like in the circle or, or like with your family? And I know this isn't you because you guys are rock stars. Have you ever forgotten what you were praying about in the middle of praying? Okay. I'm not the only one, especially before you're going to bed. You ever, dear God, I just, I just pray that you would just do this thing and, and Lord, just touch that person for the thing that they said that I don't remember or like, Forgetting names in prayers is the worst. Because, like, there's that awkward silence of, Lord, I just want to lift up. Uh, uh, and then the person who, like, gave the request is, like, Linda. It's Linda, okay? Uh, you know, like, I don't, I don't know where that. Anyway. Uh, so I'm, not, I, I'm glad I'm not the only one because sometimes I feel like we can treat prayer as an entire thing like that. We can forget why we're praying and what it's about and and why it's important. And so before, uh, tonight we're going to be looking at, in Philippians chapter 4, how we redefine prayer. What what is prayer? But we have to nail down, if we're going to redefine it as to what is prayer, we have to figure out what is. If we're going to define what is prayer, we have to figure out what is not prayer. Thank you guys. Thank you. Tracking with me. Love it. 
So I want to just give you guys some, some things of what prayer is not really quick before we get into uh, reading in Philippians. So before we redefine prayer, we have to nail this down. What is prayer not? Prayer is not, say prayer is not, prayer is not restricted to the few, all right? So prayer is not just restricted for leaders or for parents or for pastors or for uh, religious leaders. It's not only for your mom or your dad. It's, it's, it's for everybody. Say prayers for everybody. Prayers for everybody. All right. It's not restricted to the few. Say prayer is not. Prayer is not always rewarding. And this one could kind of seem weird, right? Because like you're supposed to feel good after you pray. But have you ever had God maybe stay silent in his prayers or in his answers? Sorry. Have you ever not had an answer that you liked? Have you ever had a prayer not go the way that you thought? Have you ever had something not go your way and you're like, okay, Prayer isn't always rewarding. It, it, it doesn't always give you that feeling of like, man, I feel so secure right now. As a matter of fact, sometimes when you pray, you feel like you're stepping out on a ledge that you don't know if you have your foot whenever you, you step out. So prayer is not always rewarding. Here's the other thing. Say prayer is not. Prayer is not for the unbeliever, not only for believers. There, not only for believers. That's weird. Uh, Prayer is not only for the believers. We talked about this a little bit in the Made for This series when we were looking at, at the, the people who were tweeting at God with their prayer requests about, about the lottery and, and things. Prayer is not only for the, the believer. It's for the unbeliever as well. It's for everybody to be able to call on God. Do you guys remember the guy named Jonah? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yes, this guy. Yes. Yeah, you guys remember him. Uh, the, the, the Jonah from the Bible. Jonah, so Jonah gets on a boat because he's disobeying God and he's, he's trying to, to get away from, from everything uh, that God was calling him to because you guys know he was called to where? Nineveh. Watch your veggie tales, okay? Um, <laughs> so he gets called to Nineveh and he's like, uh-uh, not doing that. He goes over like to the entire other side of the, the ocean, right? To where? Anybody? Bible quizzers, huh? No, where does, he, where does he go to to run away from Nineveh? Tarshish, yeah, 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 I like it. But what happens? The boat starts to go crazy. It starts to rock. It starts to get wild. And who is the one who is praying to God on the boat? Jonah. Everyone. <laughs> Except Jonah, because Jonah knew. The captain, the sailors, the, 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 the ship, uh, the, the, the people on the boat. I don't know what I was trying to say. The people on the boat, they weren't, they didn't know Jesus. They didn't know, well, obviously they didn't know Jesus. It was Old Testament. I don't know what I'm doing here. I'm going crazy. They didn't know God. But yet they found themselves and they actually woke Jonah up and say, hey, pray to your God, please. And then they begin to thank God when he calms the, the seas after they throw Jonah overboard. So prayer is not only, uh, it, it's not only for believers. It's not restricted to only a few people. It's not always rewarding and it's not only for believers. So I want you guys to realize what church or what prayer is not before we dive into what prayer is. So if you will, uh, finally, we'll get into Philippians chapter four. But before we do, let's pray.
Lord, I thank you so much for each and every student here. I thank you for your word, and I thank you that you are good, even in the midst of craziness, even in the midst of so many things that can throw us to the right or to the left. Lord, I thank you that you keep us straight. Lord, I just ask that you would speak through me tonight. I pray that you would just speak the things that you are wanting to speak to these students, and I pray that they would receive everything it is that they are supposed to receive tonight. Lord, um, as we just learn and dive deep into this, I pray that it wouldn't be something that over these few weeks that we would shut our ears off to, but Lord, that we would begin to tune our, our ears to what you have to say. We give you the rest of this time, and we just are, are, are wanting to honor you with it. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. amen. So in Philippians chapter 4, it's kind of the end of Philippians, and Paul is writing to the church of Philippi. And he is, uh, he's writing to the church, and the reason he's doing so is to encourage them to continue in their relationship. Because Paul would start these churches, and they were a lot of new believers, a lot of young believers, and then they would experience persecution. And so he was writing in order to keep their faith up so that they would be able to continue to do what they were doing, and that was win people for Jesus. So this is the end of the, the letter here. And this is what it says in chapter 4, verse 4. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Everybody say rejoice. rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts, your minds, in Christ Jesus. So <laughs> that's good stuff. So here's the thing. There's three things, because there's about three verses that I want to go through. And I think you'll start to notice a trend between this week and next week as well. But I want you to realize this first and foremost. When Paul says to rejoice in the Lord always, I'll say it again, rejoice. This is what I want you to grab about prayer because Paul was praying and rejoicing over the people of, of, the, uh, of uh, Philippi. He was rejoicing to the Lord and giving thanks in this letter, not only to them, but, but giving thanks to God. So what is prayer? Prayer is this, this thing that leads to rejoicing. If you want to find joy in your life, start to pray. If you want to find a, a reason to, to walk around with a joy that nobody can understand, start to communicate with God. It's important that we know that prayer leads to rejoicing. God's people, Christians, us as a youth ministry, as Christians, maybe you're not a Christian, it's important to know that we have to learn to rejoice and gain strength in remembering who God is. It's essential to pray knowing who God is. You have to know him to be able to talk with him. Prayer leads to, but it also stems from rejoicing. Prayer will, will lead to and stem from rejoicing. No situation is beyond his help. And even if you're going through a crazy trial, even if you're going through something that is absolutely insane, you can always rejoice knowing who God is and knowing that he's in control. 
So when you're looking at defining prayer, what is prayer? It's something that leads to and stems from rejoicing. Is that not good to know in our, in our lives that, that prayer will lead to and stem from rejoicing? This is the reason why the laments, do you guys know laments in Psalms? It's a type of psalm that's there. A lot of times when you're reading those kind of things, they kind of are really emo and sad. I'll just be honest. Because most of the time it's David, and David was like the king of emo, especially in, uh, in, in Psalms. And laments are very special because, because they, they look at all of the situations. We're going to read one. You'll notice the format of it. They look at all of these situations and they say, God, you're not doing this. Why won't you do this? Why won't you answer here? Why won't you do this? And then it shifts about halfway or, or at the end and it shifts to, but you're good. And I'll rejoice in you because I know you're good. And so I want to read in Psalms uh, uh, chapter 13. Is, it says, let me get to there actually because I didn't have it saved. Actually, go ahead and, and go to it. I'll just read it up here so that we can save time. You'll notice the format here, but I want you guys to, to really pay attention to it because it says, how long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Have you guys ever prayed prayers like this? You ever thought or felt this way? It's kind of crazy that after all this time, we can still find ourselves feeling this way. He says, look on me and answer, Lord, my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. You can keep going. And my enemy will say, I have overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. And I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. You can tell, you can tell in this psalm, there's obviously things that, that he is waiting and, and hoping for. There's obviously a pain that he feels. And he honestly feels like he's not even hearing from the Lord at that point. He's waiting. But he ends it in knowing how good he is. And it even says it. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise for he always is good to me. People who do not pray, they do not find joy in the Lord. People who don't talk with him or communicate with him, they don't find joy in their life. They feel weighed down by what's happening in their world. They feel like, I, I, listen, I'm going to be honest. I don't know if you don't believe in Jesus, if you haven't put your trust in Jesus, I don't know how you made it through COVID. I, I Straight up, I do not know how you could, could make it through such a difficult time without knowing who God is, knowing how, how good he is, knowing how he'll sustain you and keep you. I don't know how you could walk through some of the things that we've walked through over this past year and a half and, and not trust and rejoice in how good God is. Prayer is important in living a joyful life. Let's look at this other one, uh, this other verse here. It says, it says, let your gentleness be evident to all because the Lord is near. Prayer, when you're looking at what is it, redefining it, prayer focuses, focuses us on Jesus. Prayer focuses us on Jesus. 
how do we know this from this verse? Well, a gentle person does not insist on their own rights. Fairness was, a, was supposed to characterize the church. That's why Paul is writing to, to the Philippians and he's saying, hey, be gentle in everything. The Lord is near. Prayer prepares us for Jesus's return. It prepares us to start living and modeling our lives after how Jesus lived. Because here's the reality. Jesus is gonna come back soon. And when he does, he's looking for people who exhibit the characteristics that he lived out in his life. Does that make sense? So when, so when Paul is, is urging the Philippians to be gentle, it's really more than just gentleness. It's, it's, it's living like Jesus. And, and as he's praying and thanking the Lord for, for, for these people, and as he's writing this down, we know that prayer focuses us on Jesus. Without communicating to the Lord, we miss how we're supposed to live like him. If you don't communicate, if you don't talk with him, you don't realize how you're supposed to live like him. This is why prayer is so crucial. You guys probably have your own family traditions or your family like pace of life. No, am I the only one? Family traditions. You have your own pace, right? You kind of do certain things on certain days. You, you find yourself like, okay, dad always goes into this room. Mom always goes into, like, that's how my family was. Like, everybody had their rooms. It was all compartmentalized. And, like, we came down for dinner. And then we kind of were like, all right, deuces. Like, um, that was just the pace we lived at. We didn't go out a ton. We also didn't have, like, a whole lot of family friends. It wasn't that anything was bad or my parents were weird. Trust me, they're not that weird. Uh, anyway, everybody thinks their parents are weird. But uh, <laughs> anyway, you have your own family paces and your own lifestyles, your own traditions that you have. But imagine trying to keep up with the pace of your family or take part in traditions in your family without communicating to your family, without ever talking to your family. Or maybe you're already thinking about what it's going to look like when you are, uh, have, have a family of your own. It's going to be on you to communicate the things that you want to pass down through the generations. If communication is severed, if it's cut, you're never going to be able to pass that down. You're not going to know who you are as a family. Those traditions are going to end. Those, those paces are going to be unfamiliar to you because you don't communicate. Does that make sense? Do you guys understand how, how, that, how that works? There's no way that you can do this without communicating. Prayer will focus us on Jesus. And then we can, in turn, begin to live like him. Here's the last thing. This is the last thing. And this is actually the coolest because it t speaks directly about what prayer is. Some of these things you can kind of infer from, from uh, Paul and his thanksgiving for, for his people and rejoicing and all this, that he was probably praying these things as well. Here's where he speaks directly to prayer, and this is what makes it so cool. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, present your requests to God. If you are ever, ever, ever finding yourself dealing with anxiety— dealing with depression, dealing with worry, dealing with panic, or dealing with just a fear, 
prayer is the cure for anxiety. Prayer is the cure for worry. Prayer is the thing that begins to shift our hearts to, to move from those things. You don't have a fearful attitude when you are continually praying. When you find yourself in that, in that thing. Jesus actually spoke about anxiety. Did you know that? He, he talked about it on the Sermon on the Mount. And here's the things that he said would make you anxious, okay? This is what he says, and, and if you have ever felt even the slightest bit of worry, I want you to just think about it and think about how the time then, even though things might be more complex and more advanced and technological, all that stuff, you'll find that it's very, very similar to what we find worry or anxiety in today. This is what Jesus addressed in the Sermon on the Mount. He addressed physical attributes as causes of anxiety. Clothing, not, not what kind of clothes you have, but if you can even provide clothes for your family or, or how you're going to handle that. Food and drink, being able to provide food and drink and be able to keep yourself nourished. Those are, a, a, you know, a cause of anxiety for, for people. And then the last thing is future events, future things that, that, that are on the horizon that we can cause ourselves to worry about. Jesus was talking about this on the Sermon on the Mount when, when he was around. And these are still the root causes, even with the, the, the different pace of our life, these are still the root causes of anxiety in our life. If you've ever dealt with worry, if you've ever dealt with anxiety, most of the time it's rooted in one of these things. And what Paul says here is that we're not supposed to be anxious about everything because we get to communicate with God. We get to talk with him. We get to pray to him. And so there's no reason to worry if God has the control and we give everything up to him. What do we have to worry about? What do we have to be anxious about? What do we have to, 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 to panic and, and, and strike fear about? There's, there's nothing. We can get dragged down in worry about so many things. And some of them are big. Some of them can be small. But Paul tells us that if we would cast our worries and cares on the Lord, he would be faithful to keep us. He would be faithful to hold us. He would be faithful to answer in his timing. I love this passage so much because when it talks about what is prayer, how do we redefine it? How do we look at it? It's so nice and so comforting to know that we can find rejoice. We can find joy in, in prayer. We can find Jesus in prayer. And we can know that prayer cures our anxiety. I'm going to be honest. Redefining prayer can be tough. Why is it so tough for us to redefine prayer? Because we can miss out on the subtleties of it. We miss out on the, the, the small things that the Lord is trying to speak when, when he calls us to pray. But the cool thing about it, worship team, you guys can come out if you. Here's the cool thing about it. In understanding prayer more, in understanding how to redefine it, in understanding how to pray, in understanding the ways that we pray, all of these things is what we're going to be talking about this month the more we learn about it, the more we know about it. It renews our trust in God. 
we can receive peace and we can walk in assurance that in everything, in everything, he's working for our good. So maybe you don't really have a, a working definition of prayer in your life. This is a great place to start. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want you guys to just focus in for a little bit. And I want to keep it simple tonight because I think that this word is very simple. And so tonight, tonight if you would say, I don't talk to the Lord and I don't pray at all because I don't trust God. If tonight you would say, I, I, I don't pray and I don't speak to him because he's let me down in the past. I don't trust or, and I don't pray because I don't believe that it works. If that's any of you, and, and if that's, listen, I want to be honest and open. I get it. I get how that can feel that way. I get how you can feel hurt and let down. Maybe you've been let down by so many people that you're just like, oh, of course God doesn't answer prayers. Of course God doesn't want to hear from me. Tonight, if you would say, I don't pray because there's so much hurt, there's so much pain, there's so much there that I just, I just can't. If that's you, would you raise your hand if, if you just find a, a struggle to, to be able to pray? Thank you. Tonight, maybe you're in the, uh, another camp and you're like, hey, I'm good with praying, but like, I just need God to, to rework and redefine what prayer is for me. Maybe you do pray a lot, but you're not, very, you're not finding any fulfillment or you're not finding any satisfaction with, man, I'm not hearing from God or I'm not doing anything. You're not doing anything wrong. But if you would just be honest and open tonight and say, I need to press in more when it comes to my prayer life. If that's you, would you raise your hand? Absolutely. Hey, we don't judge here. We're not, we're not gonna cast a finger and be like, oh, can't believe they needed more help. We don't do that. I just wanna pray. And then um, we're gonna open up the altars like we do. And I just wanna invite you to worship and worship is always going to be a door to speaking and communicating with the Lord and hearing from him. It's always going to be a door. So press into worship in these next few moments and just begin to ask God what he would like to speak to you, what he wants to speak over you. So Lord, I thank you so much for each and every student that's here. Lord, I pray that you, with, with whatever camp they're in, if they're feeling like prayer has been useless and has been worthless, if they feel like you have let them down, if they feel all of that, I pray that you would just wrap your arms around them and comfort them and let them know how much you love them, how much you do care about them. And let them begin to see that even some of the answers that we might have expected you to answer with might not have been in your plan or might not have been the timing in which you, you wanted to do. Maybe you wanted to work 
through some of our letdowns. Maybe you were saving us from ourselves. I pray that you would just, whatever needs to be communicated to these students, that you would just communicate all of that to them. Let them know and walk away in confidence, knowing that they can talk to you, knowing that you listen and you care. And Lord, for those students who are feeling like they, they pray a lot and they talk a lot, but they're not where they need to be. I pray again that you would just speak in the subtleties to them. I pray that they would be able to, to listen to you and, and to be able to receive from you. I pray that you would just um, you would just begin to speak those things that they've been waiting and holding on faithfully for. Lord, I believe that over these next few weeks, even tonight, I believe that there is callings that you want to give out to these students. I believe that there are, are giftings that you want to pour out over these students. I believe that there are words, there are visions, there are messages, there are mission statements, Lord, that, that can come out of what you're wanting to speak tonight. Lord, I believe wholeheartedly that there are students here who once they get a word from you, they're off. And so Father, I pray that for those students who are trying to tune their hearts to you, that you would just be able to connect with them tonight and over these next uh, few moments. Lord, and that they would just be able to hear from you. Lord, I thank you for each and every student that's here. I pray that you would just allow this word to, to continue to, to sit with them. I pray that they would be able to just engage in these next few moments and just see what you do. We love you. We thank you. It's in Jesus' name that everybody said, amen.